Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Real Talk NYC with John and Jonathan. How are you, sir? I'm great. Yourself? We're, we're in two different places, unfortunately. I know. Well, we did a couple where we're in the same room, and I decided to mix it up today and stay home. Before we begin on the monthly stats, I would certainly like to say that this is one of your best haircuts. I think you look extremely handsome, and you have a little tan going on. Uh, but totally digress on that. I just like you. Know, I don't know about the tan. I'll take the compliment on the it haircut. It makes you look younger. I well, I'm a very young man, John. I don't. I know you keep questioning this, but you know I'm. No, I'm, you're not. I, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm old, but you're not that young anymore. Yeah, I know. We're old together. Right. So let's move on because neither of us are uh, going to enjoy that conversation. We're going to talk about the monthly statistics in Manhattan for the month of April. Contract signs, inventory, etc. So. We're in our spring market, and it's traditionally our busiest time of the year. To jump in, our contract signs for the month of April were 1,521, and those signed contracts were down 10% both month to month and year over year from April 2021 and from March 2022. Yeah, so the April threw us a little bit of a curveball with the downturn in contract signed, whereas as you said, April's usually one of, you know, we're, we're trending upwards at this time of the year. Of course, it's one month. So we don't ever want to, you know, pitch your wagon, but to one month of statistics because next month, because we did have some big things happen in April that certainly affected things and at least made people pause a little bit, which just a little bit of a pause in the market will have dramatic effects on the number of deals done because we're talking about a real a, a lot of real estate. Sure. And what would those factors be? Well, the number one is the interest rate. So the interest rates we saw take two significant moves up. And, you know, I know because our business is 50-50 between buyers and sellers, we both have exposure into buyers that are financing. Speaking for myself, there was there was a little bit of a pause there, especially when you have people that here, generally speaking, in New York, have uh, uh, different options to do with their money. It's not just put it in the stock market or buy a piece of real estate. We have a very financially diverse market place in terms of the buyer profiles and such, which gives people, I would say, more options than the average buyer throughout if you looked at national profile of a buyer in the home buying category. I think when they see, oh, well now instead of interest rates at sub 3% or around 3% to now hitting on the jumbo side in the four and a quarter to four and a half, of course, and then the 30-year fixed uh, on the conventional, which we don't, frankly, we don't deal with a tremendous amount, but uh, pushing 5%, you know, it's a big difference, especially for those first time home buyers who are perhaps more likely to be in a conventional loan, a lower, lower loan amount, over a 1% change in an interest rate, it actually does affect their bottom line and may make them recalibrate, rethink, maybe it's now not the best time to uh, to invest in real estate just because of their own financial constraints. I cannot remember uh, in 23 years of doing this that rates have gone up so quickly so far. So the, the jump was pretty significant. And then coupled with a stock market that has seen a 20% pullback or 15, 20% pullback in certain areas, that could also be affecting people's mindset, as you're saying, 
they're really evaluating, number one, do they have the money to pull out of the market to put into the piece of real estate? So they're questioning that. And then we have high inflation. So it's costing people a lot more to fuel their cars, to live their lives. And then could that be affecting, particularly in the first time buyer market, the mindset of, can we, do we really have the money to be able to afford to buy this home, this apartment? And I'm not saying that the real dollars of going from, let's just say 4% to 5% or 35 to 4.5%. It's not really the real dollars in my mind, and I should clarify, it's we've been sub 4% for like a dozen years in mortgage rates. I mean, I talked to my dad the other day and he said, you know, of course, we're going back 32 years when they bought the house that I, uh, that we moved into when I was 12, it was 11.5%. The interest rate, you buy and sell in the market you're in, you know, but when you have go through such a long string of years where people are like three, four percent, you know, uh, it, it really jogs the system of people feeling like even though in real dollars, you're not talking about, you know, shouldn't be in real dollars, a divisive number in the mind of most buyers, it's like, Oh, well, I just, you know, it's just not as good of a time to buy. Go back 15 years when interest rates hit like, you know, 6%, people were like, you have to buy interest rates are never going to be this low again. Take a mortgage, take a mortgage, you know. When I started selling in 99, exactly, they were 9%, like that 8 to 9% range. I didn't know how to gauge it, but the people who were selling in the late 80s when they when they jumped to 18% the interest rates before the crash, it was like I couldn't get my head around it. Like like you were saying about Paul and Marsha buying at that 11% at 11%. Yeah, it did. So we've been really, really coddled here with these low rates for a long time. And when you and I started selling real estate, they were where oh, were yeah. they? Six, seven percent. And we were like, oh, five percent. That's really great. So we didn't. You know, this is all new territory. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't, you know, I, I can't imagine selling real estate with 18% interest rates or even 10% interest rates. It just seems even for us, because in for, for the, for our whole careers, 20 plus years, it's been below 10%, you know, prices of a homes were a lot different than what they are now. Everything has to be evaluated in the market that you're in. So where does that leave us? Well, the other two things that we always look at, inventory and days on market. So inventory, um, we, we still have a lack of inventory in our market. We're still just under 7,000 active listings in a, as of the end of April. So up 13% month over month, which is a, a significant jump, but down 12% over last year, although last year was still we still had a lot of inventory on the market last year because we're, we were still only the first quarter through, you know, the first four months through and all of last year was busy. Hence, starting this year at such low inventory numbers. Trends are always the thing to look at. If you have multiple month trend, well, then it gives you a little bit sense of kind of where we're going. And as opposed to last year, where we had a downward trend in inventory, even in a spring market, which is our busiest market for new listings, now, in 2022, since the beginning of, 
this year, we've had an upward trend of inventory. So inventory is continuing to build. It's not that simple because I'm sure people seeing the numbers from last year, a lot of sellers were waiting until the springtime to list and probably more than what listed last year because we were still coming out of 2020. So there's different you know, nuances to that, but the trend is it's still going up. We'll see what happens this summer. It should be an interesting summer yeah. uh, in terms of the numbers, and it'll give us a lot more indication of where we're going. Hopefully, interest rate changes cool a bit, and you know, supply and demand even out a little bit more. Maybe we get back to you know that normalcy, which you know, frankly, has been has eluded us for twenty years, but you know, a, a, deli, a, a nice balance between supply and demand, we shall see. I think that uh, the audience has to really tune in the next couple of months, I would say through uh, the summer, May, June, July, because by July and August, we're going to find out where the market trend is going. That's the first thing to your point. And then if you are a first time buyer, the fact that there are 5% interest rates or in the fours, Historically, that remains very, 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 those rates remain very, very low. What we as real estate brokers are seeing on our list side, Jonathan talked about the buy side, but on the listing side, apartments are trading more readily in certain pockets of our market. For instance, West Side real estate. There's always been a tradition of a lower inventory on the West Side, and there are still apartments that are moving very, very, very quickly. East Side, where there are a lot more units, they're taking their time. Midtown units are taking their time. Speaking from the experience, downtown homes, depending on where they are, they're moving much quicker. The only other statistic we didn't talk about was the days on market. So days on market is still you know, down 29% versus last year and 15% versus last month. A six-year low for April. So it's just over just over 100 days. So the days on market has still gone down. I think that is certainly driven by, and going to the buyer side of what, what we're seeing is the apartments that there still are plenty of apartments that are trading very, very fast. And even with multiple offers, the very well renovated apartments priced well in a good location, those apartments are trading right. um, and are getting the most attention and it, and flying off the shelves, frankly. And in some cases, uh, you know, I saw a $3.4 million apartment yesterday with a buyer and they had showed it, just started showing it on Sunday, multiple offers, they're above the asking price. You know, another one has an offer on it that they're negotiating, you know, so not even at the asking price price, obviously. So both of these were very nicely renovated apartments in prime Upper West Side location and nothing quirky or uniquely bad about them. So this is this nuanced market of good apartments that don't need work flying off the shelves and a good apartments that maybe need some work or maybe aren't in the prime location or they have some unique quality to them that most buyers deem a negative quality and even at a decent price and it's, and it's sitting there. Um, so it's like the pickiness of the buyers right now is, is high. I wish we could get a statistic on that. There's no it? rhyme or reason there. As always, great to talk to you. With that, be healthy, safe, remain in. Come on, give it to me. No, Big no, G, go. gratitude. No. 
everybody remain in gratitude. Yes. It was good talking to you, John. You too, John. We will talk to everybody next month when we get the May statistics and we'll spread some more good vibes. Thanks for watching or listening to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, gestaskaconlentine.com. Or you can find us on all social media with the handle at gestaskaconlentine. If this show was helpful, entertaining, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.